This is how humanity makes progress. We give our people, we build better tools, we build on top of the tools before we contribute back to this societal infrastructure, and people surprise us every time on the upside of what they're capable of doing. And that was Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI, the company behind the generative AI sensation ChatGPT. And he was on stage in Indonesia wearing a traditional batik shirt to deliver that message of hope for the progress of humanity through the use of new technology during his recent barnstorming tour of Asia. I'm James Panicki, coming to you from the LexisNexis offices in Melbourne, Australia, and welcome to another MLEX podcast brimming with regulatory news with the assistance of our team of reporters around the world. Now, as we mentioned last week, Altman is urging local authorities to consider AI regulation, albeit light-touch regulation that won't hinder the development of generative artificial intelligence. But in Asia, this message was delivered against a backdrop of growing concerns over AI and some early tentative steps towards regulation. And it just so happens that Altman's tour of the region unfolded in the very same week that the European Parliament approved what could become groundbreaking AI regulation, an important step in the EU's legislative process. In today's podcast, we'll assess the regulatory landscape in Asia with a few of our reporters. We'll be crossing to Japan, China and India over the next 15 minutes or so. But let's kick things off in Southeast Asia. Jet Damaso Santos has just returned from Singapore and she joins us today from Jakarta. Uh, Jet, maybe give us an overview firstly. What are we seeing in Southeast Asia in terms of AI regulation? Hi, James. So uh, we are seeing a lot of interest in figuring out how to take advantage of this new technology. Over the past few years, we've seen a lot of national AI strategies or roadmaps, but not a lot of actual regulatory work yet. Um, Not surprisingly, Singapore um, was the first to release a national AI strategy back in 2019. And it's done the most in encouraging the development and adoption of this new technology. Um, Next to it would probably be Thailand, uh, which has also released a draft AI ethics guidelines um, back in 2019. And it's now actually preparing a royal decree on AI services. Um, So that's one to watch for. The Philippines has stated ambitions of becoming a center of excellence in AI. And there are, of course, regulatory aspects to that, but uh, not much in terms of actual regulatory developments yet. Malaysia has also launched um, its AI roadmap. But just last week when when the Minister for Tech and Innovation was asked by, by an MP if there were plans to regulate it, he said, of course, yes, they will um, develop a framework. Uh, but that's yet to come. Okay, so it seems from what you're telling me that Singapore is leading the way on this, and that wouldn't be the first time in terms of of regulation. What kind of approach are we, in fact, seeing from the city-state? Yeah, so Singapore really is positioning itself as a thought leader in this area, and I think it really wants um, its neighbouring countries to follow suit, um, to follow its approach. The core of its approach is this AI for public good mantra, So um, it is really encouraging the development, adoption, but it's not turning a blind eye to the risks, of course. Last week, it launched a discussion paper on um, concerns in generative AI. Um, Like, it does want people to talk about, you know, the hallucinations, AI inventing things, of course, privacy and confidentiality. 
the scaling of disinformation and toxicity, things like that. But at the same time, you know, it's pushing forward with adoption. Like it has national programs on AI and finance and government. Um, it's funding the upskilling and retraining of people. And just last week, it announced like a new AI Verify Foundation that would work with with companies like IBM and Microsoft to crowdsource the development of AI testing standards. And finally, Jet, in just a couple of words, Sam Altman was in Singapore on Tuesday, Jakarta on Wednesday. Any highlights? Yeah, so this is part of his global tour to promote um, AI. And it feels like he was trying to sort of like calm fears about AI. Uh, You know, he doesn't have a lot of regulatory issues to worry about in this region, but there are a lot of concerns, not just from the government and the private sector. It seems that was what he was trying to do. Jet, great talking as always. Let's catch up again very soon. Thanks for all of your work on this issue. Thanks, James. Jet Tomaso Santos is MLEX's Southeast Asia correspondent. She was speaking to us from Jakarta, the city that she's just returned to after spending time in Singapore last week. To Japan now, a country widely seen as more permissive toward AI technologies when compared to other industrialised countries. However, the country's Privacy Commission has recently sounded a note of caution about generative AI. Covering developments on AI regulation for MNEX is our Tokyo-based senior correspondent Sachiko Sakamaki, who is with us right now. So Sachiko, what can you tell us about the Privacy Commission's recent position on artificial intelligence? Thank you, James. Yes, there seems to be a sea change in Japan. In early June, the Personal Information Protection Commission, or PPC, issued two sets of cautions. One is a general caution about the use of generative AI systems such as ChatGPT chatbots. The PPC told the government agencies and private companies that deploy AI systems not to violate the Japanese personal information protection law by providing users personal information for other purposes than generating answers, such as helping the AI developers to improve their chatbots training. To the general public, the regulator warned that the chat sponsor answers could be inaccurate and their input data for prompts may be used for the chatbot's machine learning. And what is the meaning of this caution directed against open AI? What should we make of it? Yes, PPC also uh, issued a administrative guidance against open AI. The PPC did not find OpenAI has violated the Japanese Personal Information Protection Law, but issued an administrative guidance, a gentle form of enforcement, and published it. Usually, uh, that kind of guidance is uh, issued privately. Uh, Specifically, the watchdog cautioned the U.S. company not to acquire sensitive information, such as individuals' medical and criminal histories, without their consent. And OpenAI should take measures to prevent the collection of sensitive information for its chatbots machine learning and should delete such data if certain individual sensitive data is identified, the regulator said. If users opted out of the data being used for machine learning, their sensitive information shouldn't be handled. And OpenAI should also give Japanese language explanations about the purposes of its use of personal information, said the PPC. 
Although the content of the PPPC action is somewhat controversial, raising the question of practical feasibility and criticisms that its focus is too narrow only on sensitive information and machine learning. However, the main message is that the Japanese government has shifted its stance to pursue greater scrutiny in the use of AI systems. Before the PPC action, Japan was seen by many as an AI paradise, eager to promote the use of technology to raise companies' productivity and administration's efficiency with lax copyright and other laws. OpenAI CEO Sam Altman chose Tokyo as the first destination of his tour to meet with global regulators. However, nowadays, even US tech leaders are calling for some kind of guardrails. And Japan chaired the G7 summit in May, and the PPC is preparing to host the G7 Data Protection Authority's roundtable meeting later this month in Tokyo. In this background, the government has demonstrated that it's now scrutinizing the use of generative AI systems against privacy and data protection violation. And the message is that Tokyo wants to promote the responsible AI with proper governance now, as agreed at G7, in line with European and North American nations. The government has also decided recently to look into the Japanese copyright law, which is now quite permissive for the use of copyrighted contents for machine learning. After all, Japan is a superpower of manga and animation contents. The government may feel compelled to protect the creators before all of their contents are studied and cheapened by the AI systems. Yes, indeed. So it looks like the days might be numbered for the AI paradise of Asia. But、uh, Sachiko, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you for all of your coverage on this issue by you and our colleague Toko Sekiguchi. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, James. It was a pleasure to talk with you. Bye. Sachiko Sakamaki is MLEX's senior correspondent in Tokyo, and we'll post links to the best of our reporting on AI in Asia at our website, mlexmarketinsight.com. To China now, where Sam Altman has made an appearance, albeit a virtual one, and it comes against a backdrop of evolving discussion on the need to regulate AI. Olivia Wang is an MLEX analyst, and she's joining us now from Shanghai. So, Olivia, When Altman delivered his online speech at an industry forum held in Beijing last weekend, he called for China's contribution to global cooperation on AI regulation. But what initiatives was he referring to? Thank you, James, for having me. Yes, Sam Altman called for international operation on setting up uniformed regulatory guardrails for AI, while also hoping Chinese AI researchers will contribute to the global endeavor. According to Altman, Advancing AGI safety is one of the most important areas for global cooperation, and one area to start with is AGI governance. He talked about two specific initiatives. One is to establish international norms and standards in an inclusive process, and put uniformed guardrail in place for the use of AGI in all countries. The other one is international cooperation to build global trust in the safe development of AI system in a verifiable way. He said the most constructive first step to take was to cooperate with the international scientific and technological community. 
he talked about the role of alignment, which means getting models to behave in accordance with what their users intend. And also he talked about importance of knowledge sharing with regard to technical advances in AGI safety. But meanwhile, he did admit addressing AGI safety was complex and couldn't be resolved through alignment only, adding that was not purely a technical issue. There are other issues to consider, he said, such as how to verify what the systems are doing, what we want them to do, and what values will align those systems to, as well as building safety classifiers and detectors for monitoring compliance with uses policies. He emphasized the necessity of a collaboration between US, EU, and China to tackle AGI safety, because he said, Making AI safe and beneficial involves understanding user preference in different countries, in different contexts, and a lot of different inputs are needed. Okay, so this is what Altman was talking about. That's his wish list. But what are China's legislative efforts on regulating artificial intelligence at the moment? Where do things stand uh, today? China State Council recently unveiled its legislation plan for this year. It mentioned China's draft law on artificial intelligence will be propelled and submitted to the country's top legislator for deliberation this year. The cabinet didn't disclose details about the draft law, but some Chinese academics emphasized the focus of the law will include issues about computing power, algorithm, and also data. Meanwhile, China has several department rules in place, such as those regulating recommendation algorithm service, deep synthesis technology, and also a draft rules on generative AI service. These might shed some light on the thinking of the regulators. There's one common obligation stipulated by those department rules for service providers, that is to file a record with the regulator about their algorithms. This has become a very important governance approach. When the service providers do the record filing, they need to include information about the company's algorithm governance system and also key information about the algorithms, such as their names, the algorithm type, and also scenarios where they'll be used. Also, they include information risk control regime and a self-assessment report. So it certainly sounds like there is a lot of uh, movement afoot there. Let's see where things uh, go over coming uh, months. Uh, Olivia, thank you so much for speaking to me today and for your valuable analysis of these issues. I really appreciate it. Thank you, James, for having me. Olivia Wang is a Shanghai-based analyst for MLEX. And from China, let's head west now. Our India correspondent, Freni Patel, joins us from Mumbai. Now, Freni, we've heard uh, about what Sam Altman had to say about China and Southeast Asia uh, when it comes to artificial intelligence. As for India, what did the OpenAI boss have to say? Um, thanks, James. Uh, indeed, um, Sam Altman, the poster boy of AI, said that India ought to take the lead on global regulations where artificial intelligence is concerned um, because it plays the host to the G20 summit later this year. Um, Altman has been going around, as you said, uh, around the world urging governments to regulate AI to prevent any negative consequences. And he also met up with the Prime Minister Narendra Modi during his visit. Uh, He spoke to a group of industry leaders 
and he refuted allegations that his motive behind AI regulations was aimed at putting down any further competitor that might emerge. Uh, he actually stressed that regulation should only be aimed at people like ourselves, that is, open AI, or larger companies, and he cited Google, incidentally. Um, he said that smaller companies should not be regulated so that they can flourish. Altman went so far as to say that if governments do not get their act together, open AI would try to ask companies to cooperate. Um, incidentally, uh, Altman's visit comes at a time when India is on the verge of disclosing the draft Digital India Act later this month. Now, India's position on AI is perhaps not too dissimilar to that of Japan and Singapore in the sense that the country wants to harness AI's potential. It doesn't want to kill it with uh, heavy-handed regulation. So what are India's concerns when it comes to artificial intelligence? Um, That's right, James. Uh, Unlike its counterparts in the West, India doesn't want to officially regulate AI or come up with any separate law on AI. Uh, It does acknowledge that AI systems could give rise to ethical concerns, privacy violations, and even impact decision-making given the lack of transparency. So to ensure that AI doesn't harm digital citizens, the government intends to establish principles that would act as guardrails to regulate AI platforms under the proposed Digital India Act. Um, The act would contain a separate chapter to deal with emerging technologies and uh, high-risk AI being one of them. India's biggest fear, contrary to what uh, Altman had to say, was not that AI would take away jobs, um, rather that regulations would hinder growth and innovation and even investments, because government intends to harness AI's potential to create efficiency. Um, In fact, the Ministry of State for Electronics and Information Technology Uh, Rajiv Chandrasekhar brushed off Altman's concerns over the lack of regulations as melodrama. Um, The minister said that AI is currently task-oriented and is not sophisticated enough to replace jobs that require reasoning or logic, um, not at least for the next five to seven years. Incidentally, uh, Altman further ticked off the IT minister with his remarks that India's chances of building AI tool like ChatGPT, were hopeless. And the minister rebutted saying that Altman wasn't the last word when it comes to India's aspirations in AI. Whether it's melodrama or a threat to the survival of humanity obviously remains to be seen. But Frenny, thank you so much for talking to me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, James. Thank you. Goodbye. Frenny Patel is MLEX's India correspondent and she was speaking to us from Mumbai. And we'll post links to AI stories by our Asia-based correspondents that have appeared over the past week at our website, mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com. There's a tab there called News Hub. That's where you'll find all of the very best of MLEX's reporting and analysis. MLEX subscribers will also notice that for all of our AI stories in Asia, there's a connected portfolio, one for each jurisdiction, that collects all of our coverage of AI regulation while also giving you a clear timeline. And that's it for today. If you haven't done so already, don't forget to subscribe to MLEX's weekly podcast on whatever platform you may use for these things. And we'll be back next week at more or less the same time to discuss the online advertising market in the European Union. 
and how it relates to what are seen as Google's anti-competitive practices. So I hope you can join us for that. The podcast is produced and presented by me, James Paniki. Our no-nonsense marketing team in London is responsible for publishing the show, and our executive producer is Richard Thompson. From all of us here at MLEX and LexisNexis, thank you for your company. I'll see you again very soon. Bye for now. Thank you.